We, um, as I've been saying, you know, the last few weeks, and as Matt has pointed out, we, we're coming to the end. I did say we were coming to the end last week. Honestly, guys, I will eventually die. And so <laughs> the series has to end eventually. So, um, but I think it's going to be more like two weeks rather than however many years I have. So, um, but, you know, we've been doing this the last few years. Uh, we haven't been rushing trying to uh, trying to understand what God is calling us to and not rushing through scripture. Um, and so I, I, I was going to do something which um, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, no, that's for next week. So uh, we, I say this with some confidence. We will finish the series next week, okay? Um, 75% sure of that. And th- next week I'm going to talk about um, actually operating in the gifts of the Spirit, Okay, outside of these walls. Okay, so we'll just do, we'll do, we'll do a few demonstrations. We'll, we'll talk about what that looks like, try and kind of demystify it and not, you know, so it's not scary for those who've never actually done that sort of thing. Okay. Um, I can't promise to demonstrate a miracle of power, but we will demonstrate a few other things. Okay. Um, so that's what I was going to talk about tonight. Um, but I, I just felt the Lord's saying to kind of pause and to go back to a part of what we talked about last week. Um, we were talking about the gift of miracles, which is this, you know, the gift of power. Um, and there were a few, you know, a few times where I, I talked about you know, how as Christians do we respond to the gifts of the Spirit, particularly gifts of miracles. Those ones that kind of blow our mind, you know, the ones that we can't understand, ones that stretch us. Um, and that really, you know, they, they shine a light on, on the state of our hearts. And so I just felt the Lord saying, just pause on that point, okay, and just, and just talk about believing. So like, if I asked all of you, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I think, you know, hopefully 100% would say yes, okay. Um, do you believe the Holy Spirit still moves? Probably a good percentage would say that. Um, do you believe the Holy Spirit, you know, do you believe Jesus can still perform miracles? Probably a lot of us would say yes. Um, hopefully Matt would, as head of ministry, yeah. Um, and, then, and then we get to maybe a more difficult question, and, and it's like, would Jesus use me? Would he operate through me? Um, and, that, and we might get a slightly different reaction, okay, in us. And... Um, and that could be because we have never been told that. It might be because we've grown up in a community where that wasn't emphasized. Maybe we've grown up in a community where it was explicitly de-emphasized and we're told that that wasn't possible. Maybe we, um, we, just, we think we're too sinful for God to ever use us. There's a whole host of reasons. And we might be a mixture of those things. Um, 90% of you might be perfect, and that's awesome. Okay. Um, but I still think the Lord will speak to us. And you know, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always really encouraged during, you know, during worship, um, the first chorus where, when, when, you, when you started singing holy, um, I don't know if, you know, if you, if you felt God's presence just enter the room as, as you all sang those words. And that wasn't just about the worship team, as amazing as they are. That's about your hearts crying out to God. 
declaring he's holy, and he responded to it. And, I, and, and I'm always excited when, when I sense the Lord you know, really physically like that, that he's here and that he wants to meet us. So as I, as I speak, allow your heart to be soft if you can, okay? And pay, pay a particular attention to anything I say that deeply offends you, okay? Because that's often the place you need to go first. Of course, I might just be offensive, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> deliberately, okay? Often when we are offended by something, it shows, the Lord allows that to show us where there's something in our hearts that's not quite right, Okay? So, um, <laughs> this most basic of questions, um, maybe the most profound, that will we believe? We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit are obviously the gifts of the Spirit. They're the gift of Jesus. They are given by His Spirit. They are an expression of His kingdom. He uses them to see His kingdom come, to see His kingdom advance. Will we believe that he uses him still? Will we believe that he uses us? And you know, for the last few months, we've run through a lot of the gifts. Like next week, as I said, I'm gonna, we're going to run through some demonstrations and just look at what it looks like to use them practically. Um, but it's been a real delight hearing back from a few of you as we've gone through this series. Um, we you know, spoke on the gift of tongues over three weeks. Normally, we'd, you know, we try and get through it as quickly as we can. Um, but this time we just sat on it. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the stories I, I, or feedback I, I, I like the most, a story from um, Kylie Answach, um, who, you know, she's down in South Carolina, Carolina now, but um, she said to me, you know, when, when you spoke on tongues, um, I was asking the Lord about this gift. And she said, like, the strangest thing happened. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and, told, and said to me, don't you remember that I gave you this gift when you were a child? and you've had it all this time, and you just don't use it anymore. And, um, and that night she started to use her gift again. It's like her brain had just kind of shut off, and the Holy Spirit just reminded her. And she started to use the gift of tongues and experience the goodness of God in that gift. Now we've talked about prophecy and words of knowledge. And I know many of you in this church have been deeply touched by people giving prophetic words or giving words of knowledge. There are times in my life where I've been in a state of absolute desperation and a man or woman has come and spoken the will of God and said, this is what the Lord is going to do. And it's happened. And it's so profound, not just for the comfort that it brings, but knowing God's attention, that his eyes are on me. The details of my life are known to him, and he's invested in them. One of my, um, one of my favorite moments with words of knowledge, um, maybe you know, prophetic recently, um, Larry and Ashley aren't here tonight. Um, they, they got the baby um, sitting on that side. And um, when Ashley was pregnant, um, she was sitting at the back of the church, and I, would, I went to the back to ask her a question. There was just, you know, some admin we needed to do, and, I, and I, just, I just touched her on the arm, just to get her attention. And as I touched her, the Holy Spirit just started speaking the original design of the child in her womb. And it was crazy, because I wasn't expecting it. 
And, he, and just so these words about this child and how he was going, he, he, and it was definitely a he, and he was going to grow up to be a man of God. And he was going to be a man on fire with the Holy Spirit. He was going to be ablaze for, for God. And, all the, and he shared all these words. And so after the service, I went to Ashley and I said, Ashley, you know, this is what I felt the Lord saying about your child. And she said, well, it is a boy. Um, and it's funny that you had those words about fire because we're actually, his second name, we think you're calling him Blaze. Which was just, you know, I don't know, God's sense of humor or something, but yeah, well, well they saw this, you know, they, she had heard this for her son. Um, and I love that, that this child already has words being spoken over him while he's in the womb. Because that's what scripture says, doesn't it? That God knows us. Before you created the world, he knows us. And words of knowledge and prophecy show us that God knows us. And he cares about us. And you know, last, last, week, last week we talked about miracles and we've talked about healing. Um, you know, I know sometimes it, it can be hard to know what to do with you know, stories about healing and crazy miracles. They can just, you know, they blow our minds. And we've had some here where people, you know, people are cured from, of incurable diseases. It's amazing. You know, every time I'm watching TV now, and I see a, a commercial for psoriasis, I'm reminded that that's something I had, and it's incurable. And in a moment, God took it and just cleared me. And that's a pretty minor thing, maybe, compared to some of the miracles we hear. And they're, and they're crazy things that God does. Now, people who have surgeries and have, have steel in their bodies from surgeries, and they get healed, and the metal disappears. And we know this because we have before and after x-rays. Like God just dissolves the metal. He's amazing. He's crazy for what he can do. <laughs> but will we believe? Will we believe that he still wants to do these things? And that he wants to do them through us? You know, and, and those things are amazing, um, and I've, I've, I've loved the miracles that I've seen, but you know, I, maybe Matt and I would disagree on this, I don't know, but you know, sometimes I think the miracles that I love the most are the ones that actually heal people on the inside. And it's a funny thing, because it's maybe not as impressive on the outside, but if you can take someone's heart, and you can take pain that's actually emotional and spiritual, and you can see it dissolve, because God has touched them in a way that Nothing can. It's so profound. And we've seen that so many times. We've seen hate and bitterness and rejection and shame break off people and see joy in return. And it's beautiful. And you see people come alive. And what a joy to be partnering with God when he does that. When someone comes up for prayer and the Lord says that there's shame and we're going to beat this tonight, it's such a joy to partner with him and to see that freedom come. <laughs> and you know, and, you know if, I, if I asked you, um, I was, you know, is Jesus' kingdom victorious? Again, one of those questions I think we would all say yes to. Was his cross victorious? Has heaven won yeah, we live in a sinful world and it's not the final, the final victory hasn't been done, but do we believe the kingdom is greater? We would say yes. And we think that about heaven. Yes, we have heaven to look forward to. Yes, we have his kingdom to look forward to. But will we believe that that's now? 
where we believe my kingdom has come, declare my kingdom is near, declare the kingdom, where we believe that part. Now, it's not just for when we die. When you turn to uh, Galatians 3, I know this is a scripture that we know well, um, but this is a scripture I want us to just focus on briefly tonight. I'm just going to read the first um, five verses. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted for him, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So I just wanted to pull a few things out of this text. Um, as we think about the power of God, as we think about the gifts of the Spirit, as we think about life with the Spirit, Okay, because this is, this is a really powerful letter, because this is Paul, the apostle, writing to a bunch of Christians. Okay, he's not writing to just Gentiles. He's writing to Christians, and he's not just writing to any Christian church. He's writing to a church where the Spirit of God has already moved. Okay, so they've been taught by the greatest teacher, and they've seen the Spirit move. And in this, there's something of a warning to us. Okay. <laughs> And he says you've been bewitched. You know, and I've, I've read this so many times, and bewitched, bewitched, what does bewitched mean? It's just, there's like, there's, there's comedies about being, you know, like, bewitching, isn't there? And, you know, um, it's a word that hasn't really had a lot of, um, maybe hasn't impacted me enough, but, I, but I, I researched it a bit more today, and it's one of the few words which is only used once in the New Testament. This is the only time Paul uses it. And it really isn't just a basic thing. Now he's basically saying someone has cursed you with evil that you would be so twisted. Okay, it's a reference to the evil eye of ancient mythology that evil has come over you. This is a really strong thing that he's saying. That this, this choice between law and grace, between law and the spirit it's not a simple thing, it's not just a theological thing. It's a matter of good and evil, okay? It's a, it's a huge deal. And then he says to the Galatians, you have received the Spirit by faith. And this is particularly for those of us who spend our lives wishing that God would use us more, but we're trying to get into his good books. We're trying to make ourselves good enough. We're trying to make ourselves acceptable enough. We're trying to be so holy that when we ask him, he has to listen to us, okay? That we've gone to the law. Because Paul is really clear to them, they received the Spirit by faith. 
Not because of their works, not because of their righteousness, their faith. They believed. They believed and they received. And Paul says to them too that faith comes from hearing. And this is, you know, this is something that Sam Storms talks, talks about quite a lot in his book when he talks about miracles. It's that so many Christians, so many of us are really good at memorizing scripture. So many of us are good about going to church and listening to sermons. But if all we're ever doing is getting information, if we're just getting information, if we're just hearing the word, but we're not actually believing the word, if we don't have faith in what is being said, if we don't have faith in the truth of scripture, then those words, are, they, they're powerless. We have to partner with them. We have to believe them. And Paul also says, he talks about the Spirit. He says, he who supplies. Now, I don't know about you, when you read Bible commentaries and people use grammatical words, I was terrible at English. I got like a C as a senior. I never understood what different participles and things like that were. Okay, I just could speak English. I thought that was enough. But this is really important, okay? Because when Paul says this is a, a present possible, okay? Um, he who supplies. What Paul is explicitly saying to a group of people who have already received the Holy Spirit in measure, they've already seen God move, they've already seen miracles performed. He says this is the God who supplies, okay? This is the ongoing supply that we have to have. It's ongoing. It's like, it's the same description that's used for water running. Okay, it just runs. It doesn't stop, it runs. Okay, the Spirit is supplied. Okay, and so, um, so there's this reality, like if you get baptized with the Spirit and you have an amazing experience, what the Galatians show us is it's really easy to go back to the law. It's really easy to fall under bad teaching. It's really easy to get pulled away by what Paul says is evil, away from grace, away from his Spirit through faith. And what the Galatians teach us as well is that if we will believe, we have to go on believing and we have to go on encountering God and we have to go on asking for that supply. We have to go on being in a relationship with him that that supply will keep flowing through us. That he who supplies will respond to our faith and not to our holiness and not to our righteousness. Okay, now, just a sort of uh, preview, not to scare us. I know I've been talking a lot about grace and things like that. Um, at the moment, what I think the Lord's calling us to do next is starting in February, is to talk about sin. Okay, sorry. But um, just in case you think it's too easy around here, okay? So probably till Easter, okay? So who knows? Um, maybe we'll do it twice. It'll be amazing and God will say, it's cool. Could go on for six or eight weeks. Okay, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> please come back. Um, so, <laughs> um, the, um, the point of that is I, I, I believe that there is a vision that Jesus is, is giving us about experiencing him and encountering him. And to do that, we, we need to have a better appreciation of, of sin, but also how to be free from it, okay? And how he really is our righteousness. So I'm really excited and a little scared, but excited, okay? So the last thing that we see in Galatians, um, that Abraham's faith, the fact that he believes, is credited to him as righteousness. Again, it's one of those phrases I've often like washed over. But it's a really profound statement, isn't it? Because what gives us our righteousness? 
Yeah, the cross. The cross is our only source of righteousness that we have. It's the thing that makes us righteous before the Father. And what Paul is saying, what Scripture, what scripture tells us, is that his belief is so powerful, it had the same effect as the cross. This is a huge thing. And Abraham was going on what? A conversation, a few encounters. He didn't have scripture. He didn't have thousands of years of church history to go on. That we have. There is something so powerful about believing that God loves and he responds to. So will we believe? Remember the woman with the bleeding issue who touches Jesus and is healed. Jesus doesn't pray for her, she's just healed and Jesus says, your faith has made you well. She believed. Remember the leper who comes to Jesus and says, if you, will you, you can heal me, will you heal me? Not can you heal me, but will you? And he believed. And maybe most astounding of all, the centurion who goes to Jesus and says, if you just declare the healing, my servant will be healed. He believed. He went beyond anything Jesus had even done or demonstrated. And he believed that Jesus could heal from a distance. And Jesus did. And Jesus said, I haven't seen greater faith in all of Israel. Because this man who believed. So what must we believe? <laughs> and this is where I think we're going to be going for the next few months, okay, as God develops this in us. We have to believe that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and I think we do, but we actually have to really believe it, like it's true. And like when we pray for people in the name of Jesus that the King of kings and Lord of lords is actually gonna show up because the King of kings and Lord of lords is compassionate, and we have to believe that. We have to believe that he's compassionate, that he wants to bring healing, and that he wants to bring restoration because he says it about himself. So we have to believe it. <laughs> We have to believe that when we pray and ask the Spirit to move, we're not twisting God's arm, we're not trying to convince Him. We have to believe that He actually delights. It's actually His plan. It's actually His will to work through us. Okay, it's actually what He wants. We don't have to convince Him. He's more often trying to convince us. Okay, let's get that one right. Let's believe that it's an absolute delight to see his kingdom advance and to see it advance through us. Let's believe the words of John 14 that we talked about last week when Jesus said, you will do what I did and you will do even greater things. At the very least, we'll do the same as him. Let's believe him. Those are his words, let's believe them. Let's believe Paul when he writes in Ephesians that Jesus has placed all things Every principality and every power is at his feet. And the church is his body. Everything is beneath the church. We are the church. He has given all authority to us. Can we believe? Finally, can we believe that it's his blood that makes us worthy? It's not our righteousness, that he is my righteousness and he is my sanctification and he is my redemption. Okay, I am for weeks and I'm talking to you about why your sin matters. Okay, but 
<laughs> Don't ever lose sight of the fact that it is grace. It's his blood that makes us worthy. Can we believe that? If we can, there's only one thing left to us. It's my favorite word, isn't it? The S word. Surrender. <laughs> Just surrender. Just. <laughs> will we surrender? Will we delight in him? Will we desire to be with him? Will we, will we nurture friendship with our God? Will he be the delight of our hearts? You, you guys are used to me um, sharing stories from Smith Wigglesworth. Um, and I, I share them quite often partly because they're crazy. Um, and the man saw thousands of people healed. And he's just awesome. But the thing that I love most about him, and I've said this before, is that he was, he was regarded as a friend of God, as a friend of Jesus. And there are so many stories of healing where Jesus actually like, comes physically when he prays. And that's just astounding to me. That Jesus actually comes. And you read the testimonies of people who are with him when he prays. And he'll say, Jesus is here, you are healed. And sometimes they'll see him. There's a, there's a the story, I don't even know if I've shared this before, so forgive me if I have, but um, one of my favorites was a, a Catholic woman who was on her deathbed. Nothing could be done for her. And she said to her husband, will you call for Smith Wigglesworth? He's in town. And her husband said, I'm Catholic. There's no way I'm bringing a Protestant into my home. And she said, he is the only one who actually believes that I can be healed. He actually believes. Will you call him? And so the husband did. And Smith comes in and he sits down and he prays with her. And he's praying and he's praying. And he says, Jesus is here, you are healed. And she sits up in bed. And she says, she says, I'm better, I'm better. But she's not fully healed. She still can't move her legs. It was kind of perplexed Smith a little bit because normally when Jesus is there, you know, it's just full healing. So he says, oh, yeah, praise again. And then this woman starts shouting, I see him. I see him, I see him. This woman who has never encountered the Holy Spirit, who's never had an experience of God, physically sees Jesus with her eyes. And in that moment, her body just is fully restored. And the thing with Smith is that he believed that Jesus was good, and he believed that Jesus would honor his prayers because he had deep, deep relationship with him. He wasn't just a, a, um, a walking miracle worker. He was a friend of Jesus, just like the disciples were. And that's, that's what inspires me, and that's what I believe God is calling all of us into. God does not put his spirit on a few people to antagonize and torment us, okay, with what is not possible. And so my prayer tonight is that we would simply say to Jesus, will you be the delight of my heart? Will you be the delight of my life? 
And would you increase belief in me? If, yeah, if you've got that mustard seed, <laughs> it's enough. But will you ask for more? Will you ask, Lord, will you increase my belief? And this is ultimately, it's about him. It's always about him. Not about me and not about you, but about him and him operating through us. So we've got a little bit, we've got like 10, 15 minutes, and I, just, I, I wanted us to have a bit of time just to pray. So Matt's going to lead us in some prayer. Um, and this is just a moment. There may be some things that Matt feels the Lord's wanting us to pray through as a congregation, but this is otherwise a moment for just take some quiet time with God and let him speak into your heart. Listen for his voice. Listen for how your heart responds, your spirit responds. And let's see what he does. So let's pray.